Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Amy. And this is Small Town Not Small Minds. Alex, what's up? It's cold is what's up. Burr. Yes. Very cold. Um, but we just had like our fall break. That was kind of nice. Yeah. And I was lucky I got to see my friend Sandra. She's been on the pod. Um, yes. So catch our episode about immigrants to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you were there too, Amy. Sandra's such like a wonderful, like so happy person to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to play games with her and her sons on Sunday. And it was so fun because I taught both of them when they were in grade one and they were like so nervous. <laughs> to have their teacher over. Yes, I was like their teacher yes. and they're like, hi, Miss McDonald. And one of them even shook my hand. <laughs> yeah, they were very formal with the visitation. Yes. <laughs> um, one of them was hiding in the bathroom. Yeah, for like an hour. Yeah. Um, and then he finally came scared. down. But it was so fun. We played games and, you know, the game Telestrations, which is like Pictionary. That was fun because it is... A confusing game, and things get mixed up to begin with. Then throw in, you're playing with children. Yes. And then throw in people that are playing, and English is not their first language. Yes. Every single picture, we would just be so messed up. It was hilarious. We were giggling so much. Some of my highlights were Fork in the Road, where (laughs) one of the children drew literally a fork in the road. Yes. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Okay, I love yes. it. I love it. <laughs> and also, Amy was like sitting after one of the boys, and it was like I can decipher like young kid writing, but junior high, you expect maybe a different no. caliber. You know? I was a little lost, and I got to do some fun interpretation. <laughs> the one that I was laughing at was Lady because it's spelled L A D E, and then yeah. you drew a ladle. Yeah, <laughs> which like fair enough on your part. Yeah, and, like it was. Just... I was like, oh. Oh, okay. That's what that meant. All right. Yeah. yeah. Just such a, a mess of miscommunication. Made for a fun, fun afternoon. Way more entertaining, <laughs> yes. I have to say, playing. So yeah. that was good. What about you? What's up? Well, I had a chance to reunite with my friends from university on some on our days off, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But in the moment of setting up our day out together, we realized how old we really are because these are friends that like. I met them when I was like 18 and one of them prior to university. Yeah. So we were actually like hometown friends. This made me feel really adult. <laughs> we went to a public park where you can have fires and I bought like actual firewood and we brought hot chocolate and we were those people that were super prepped at the park. Like yes. we had a whole day bag, we had lawn chairs, we had the whole fire set up arrangement, we played at the Probably park. Probably like snacks in the bag. Oh, Everyone came prepared with snacks in the bag. Yeah. Okay. Including myself. There was fruits and like fruit gummies and oh, everything. Yeah. My friend has two small children, so I was Auntie Amy aiming really hard that day. Yeah. So it was just like in that moment, like these are these two girls that I used to like party hard. Like I remember days running in like icy snowy weather in like club wear with yeah. them. And then I was just like Wow, times have really changed. Like, we're showing up with lawn chairs and, like, a bundle of firewood. Birch, of course. Yeah. Well, honestly, like, the the 
future Amy right now, that's where I want to be anyway. I do not <laughs> want to be in club wear in this snow. I like bundled up to drive two minutes over here. <laughs> yeah, like it just was that moment of reflection where I was like, wow, look at her. Look at us. Yeah. All grown up. All grown up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week we have Callie on and you'll notice some uh, sounds in the background. She is in an RV. Um, because that's her home now, and it's a very rainy day, so you might hear a little ambient uh, rain in the background of our episode this week. It's beauty. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's... What's what's up? up? Okay, welcome everyone. I'm so excited to have um, our friend Callie on the podcast yet again. Mm -hmm. You might have heard Callie in some of our first episodes ever about sexuality. Let's talk about sex, baby. So Callie, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Obviously, things have changed for you, Callie, because you now live in a van in an RV. I'm sorry, RV. <laughs> sorry, I keep saying van, but me too, because of van life. That is so exciting for your adventure out in BC. Yes, it is definitely an adventure. I would say the biggest part of the adventure has been just the renovations of the RV. So we took like a month and a half straight without working actual jobs and we renovated this thing. Um, So we learned a bunch of different skills. I used to be afraid of like hanging a picture. Like I didn't think that I could just (laughs) hang up a picture, but now I can make a table. So there you go. (laughs) What a glow up. Right. (laughs) Glow up. Yeah. 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 It's been great. We have Callie on this week to talk about something she's really passionate about, which is pain science. And we'll get to that. But we first need to ask her, what is the most small town thing about you? Okay, so I've been preparing for this question and I was reflecting on it. And I came up with a memory, which Alex is a part of. (laughs) (laughs) And Amy, you've probably heard this story too, but I'm going to share it because it's just, it's amazing. Alex and I used to lay on the country roads at night and look up at the stars and look for shooting stars. And we would just talk for hours, which was amazing. And we did that in high school. But there was one night in particular, we were laying on the road and I thought I felt a spider crawl across my neck. And so I freaked out and I was hitting, hitting myself in the chest and the neck and whatnot. And it stopped. So I figured we were good. But after a couple seconds, it started again, except this time it was more in my shirt than just on my neck. So I stood up and I just was hammering on my chest and my sleeves, convinced that there must be a spider in there, which I, I really don't like spiders. I took off the different layers I was wearing. And then as I was brushing off my t-shirt sleeves, this like rock sized thing fell out of my sleeve and it was dark. So we couldn't really see, but we looked down and we had to get pretty close to actually tell what it was because it wasn't moving. But it was a, a full a full on mouse was in my no. shirt. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Oh no. Oh my god. No. Oh my god. It was oh, so bad. Reaction. Oh. It was terrible. You told it very well in the sense that like I was picturing everything that happened. Like I just was back there because I remember you even you were like it. It's just my necklace. And yes. then, and then oh my God. the second oh. that it was more than your necklace, you were like, no, it's not. And we're like ripping stuff <laughs> off of you. And then it just was like thud. And then 
<laughs> you were like, I think it's a mouse. I'm like, it's just a rock. I remember <laughs> yeah, trying to convince that. me it was a rock. It's just a rock. Maybe it was just like a baby mouse, though. No, too. it was a no. full-size mouse. It was oh a mouse. Oh, my God. And then oh. we ran home back to yeah. your place, Alex. And we were just ugh, so ugh. grossed out. It's terrible. Yuck. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. But yeah, that's that small town, I would say. <laughs> that doesn't happen in a city. Special for sure. <laughs> great, great small town thing, Cal. That is quite the story. I have to say, probably that is that may be the most memorable stick for me for the most small town <laughs> thing about you. The sensation. In your shirt? Yeah. Of yeah. a mouse. I'm like, yeah. yuck. Well, um, Amy, what about you? Top that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to top that, but I'll make mine a little short and sweet because Alex loves this about me and I kind of forgot because it's really like not me, but my parents did have a little like goat and sheep farm prior to me being born and Alex was shocked about this. She's like, how did you not tell me any of this? So why would this not be something you share with me? That wasn't my opening line when I met Alex. (laughs) Or in the six years after. Yeah, or in the six years after, sure. Especially (laughs) since like, Alex is always talking about her goats. I know. Yeah. Like, I, goats come up a lot. Yeah. I know. They I do. actually kind of forgot for my parents. And then I just remembered. I was like, oh, yeah. We saw a goat together. And she was like, oh, just like my parents. They had a farm. And I was like, good <laughs> joke. And she was like, no, really. I was like, how many goats lie. were there? I couldn't even tell you. Oh, <laughs> birds, too. Oh, yeah. We had, I was a kid. I had budgies in my house. But that, that's not the most small town thing, but I no, feel like... but it's something friend, that you didn't level. tell me. Yeah. <laughs> we looked after a parrot for like a week. Yeah. Birds didn't come up? Yeah. <laughs> we looked after a parrot? His name was Lucky. Yeah. Oh, sweet He was lucky. balding. <laughs> he wasn't as lucky as everyone thought. <laughs> this is a song about a bird named Lucky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Alex, what about you? Uh, Mine is also goat-related. Callie reminded me of this because I would have, like, these large dog-sized crates. I have one in my house in Stetler. We'd have them in Wainwright. And not just Callie. Other people would ask me or my family, like, oh, like, are you getting a dog? What's with the crate? And the answer would be, oh, it's just for when we get a new goat to carry them in the vehicle. Yeah, so if you need any goat hauling done, I have... I have the means. Just <laughs> always ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Well, I'm glad we got some laughs in. Yeah. Ease our way good. into talking a little more about pain. pain. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you're so excited. There's going to be topic. less laughs for the next little bit. <laughs> be prepared for zero laughter. But yeah. lots of learning. <laughs> um, so let's just start off simply Callie what is pain it's a good question to start with and I'd like to first just reflect that back on you and I'm wondering if both of you can share from your understanding what pain is what's pain to you didn't see that coming (laughs) (laughs) I think about for me like when I think about pain I think about an actual like hurt sensation like a feeling an ache a sprain or an injury, you know, whether it's a heartache, like loss or um, like challenges that way, I can actually still feel the pain in my heart, which I always thought that was like, you know, when people would say heartache. So for me, it, it is an actual sensation of hurt in my body. That's what pain feels like for me. 
What about you, Alex? I was thinking about it too. And like, when I think of pain, I think of it as physical. So when I think of like, what's the worst pain I've been in? It, it's all physical scenarios that come up for me. Mm-hmm. I think those are both really good answers. And I like how you kind of highlighted both sides of it. If, Woo. if, yeah, you nailed it. That'd be 100%. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so the International Association for the Study of Pain, also known as the IASP, their definition of pain, they came up with a new one actually really recently, which I find, isn't that interesting that there's a new definition of pain, a revised mm-hmm. definition of pain. And what the definition includes is that pain is any unpleasant sensory and emotional experience. So it's real tissue damage or potential damage. Okay. Okay. So what I liked that you highlighted there, Amy, is that it's something that you, I mean, you've, you've felt it as like a heartache and emotional Mm -hmm. feeling as well. Um, And it's really hard to put words to. So I think what you're speaking to there is that it's a really personal experience, right? We can pin these words on pain like aching or burning or sharp or things mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, our words can only go so far. We can't allow someone else to feel that experience of pain that we have. And when it comes down to it, it's influenced by a ton of different factors. I told you guys earlier, I have a mentor that I work with. Her name is Debbie Patterson. And what she often says in our sessions is that, you know, when it comes to pain, every, everything about a person matters. So everything in our history. So I think it's really important that when we think about pain, it's not always as simple as I hurt my finger and so I feel this much pain. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more complex than that. And that's, that's kind of where my passion lies is in helping people who have persistent pain to better understand that and better understand their pain. Interesting. I like, um, Kelly, you kind of talking about how it's so subjective and comparing that. Um, It reminds me the first time when I went backpacking and I was escaping a bit of like heartache. I'd just gone through like a long-term relationship and ended up breaking up. And I like was out there just ready to travel. And I remember meeting this girl. She had just lost her sister. And I, I kind of felt bad because I was like, how is my pain worse than hers? Like, and she actually was so direct in saying like, my pain is the worst I'm feeling right now. But that's not to say that your pain is just as bad in this moment right now that you're feeling kind of thing. And she kind of validated me. Whereas I was like looking at her, I'm like, she's lost a sibling. Like if that was me, I was like, that would be so awful. Like I remember just like, kind of giving me some perspective but then at the same time like she was this person who was pouring back to me being like your pain is just as bad and just as you know in that moment kind of thing she was like this might be the worst pain that you're experiencing and so that that just brought me back to this place thinking about it what you just said totally it's so true it's such a personal experience Mm -hmm. that actually reminds me Callie one of the things like it has stuck with me forever and we were sitting in my bedroom in like the dressing area part of it and I was like complaining about grades and then you like finally like let go all of this like stress in your life 
that had nothing to do with grades at all as I was like I got an 85 and I was hoping for an 89 and then um I was like holy shit like I was just complaining about like my my stress of school you have way more stress and you you said you're like no you have what you have like that's your experience and like it doesn't just because I'm experiencing something different doesn't make what you're feeling any less different and I think about that all the time Callie I remember that night really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that night. And I, I actually often think about that for a lot of the people that I see during a day, but also for myself too. Like, cause it, I think it's just a good reminder of validating that like your pain is, is real yeah. regardless, right? You can't really mm-hmm. compare it to someone else. But I think about that too. Look at us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) what is does pain serve a purpose like why does it even exist good question we have pain for a reason and it's actually acts as a protector for us so it's meant to serve as kind of this alarm bell or warning bell our our nervous system perceives a threat okay so whether that's a real threat or just a perceived threat we get the, the sensation of pain or may, we may have the experience of pain. So when, when our nervous system detects that there's more of a threat than there is safety, mm-hmm. then we have pain. Okay. okay. It's a really um, famous example that was published where a gentleman, I think he was maybe working as a roofer or something, and he stepped on a nail. And so the story goes, he had really high reports of pain went to the hospital and they, I believe they did some imaging. They took his boot off. And when they took his boot off, they realized that the nail actually went right between his toes. Mm. Had the experience of, tr- of pain, but there's actually no tissue damage. And the question then becomes, well, is that real pain or is that imagined pain? It's real pain because in every situation that we have pain, it is our nervous system's assessment of whether or not there might be a threat. Okay. So we experience that as pain just the same, even if there was no real damage. That's crazy. It's amazing. It's crazy. So in that, in that case, he felt pain because all of the inputs around him. So looking at his foot, maybe seeing his, his coworkers around him saying, Oh my gosh, what did you do to your foot? Um, Noticing the nail coming up through his shoe all of those inputs play into our brain's assessment of, is this, is this a situation where we need protection? <laughs> is this a situation where we should check this out? And the evaluation in that case was, yes, our nervous system, I should say, produces pain, the experience of pain, so that we go and get something done about it. So that, right. does that make sense? So it's yeah. meant to protect us <clears throat> so that we take action, we do something. In the case of this, like, man with the boot, like, felt the sensation of pain, though, just based on the input around him. And there more pain he was in already, like, he was already in other pain, even though it actually didn't, like, puncture through his foot. Other, like, foot pain? Or do you mean pain in general? Other pain in general. Like, that would make me lead to believe that he had other pain in general, even though... Example, maybe... In the sense that, like, you know when, like, a little kid falls, Mm -hmm. and if you Mm -hmm. don't react, they're like, okay, fine. But then if you're like, then they start crying. Yeah. Is that sort of like that? Since the input around him was like that, it's like the parent being like, oh, my God. 
Totally. Absolutely. So we talk about the what's called the biopsychosocial model. I'm not sure if I mentioned that yet. Biopsychosocial is a big word, but it basically, if we break it down, it just means that when it comes to pain, there's biological inputs to our pain. So mm-hmm. things like when we actually step on a nail and it like punctures the skin. And, yeah, you're bleeding. Phys- like physical? Mm-hmm. Yeah, physical. But I think it's also important to note that those changes can be structural, physiological changes that happen in the nervous system. So grow ne- new neurons to make our pain more efficient. Okay. That's not visible on the outside. Uh, that's a biological change that can affect our pain. So go has to do with our psychological context. So what are some of the things that we think and worry about, for example? Do we believe that our pain can get better? Do we believe that our pain is dangerous? Uh, And the social factors links back to what you're talking about, Alex, where based on our social inputs, you know, do we have people around us who are saying, this can get better, it's going to be okay, not a problem? Or do we have people around us maybe who are kind of panicking with us or who create maybe a little bit of panic? Those things can feed into our nervous system's perception of threat. That We hear sirens, right? Mm-hmm. Things that we see, blood, uh, everything can, can play a role, including broken a bone. No, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. So because when we break a bone and we, we immobilize it, we put a cast on, we've now got the, the bone has healed, but now we've got all these other things that we need to deal with. We haven't been using that arm, so it's going to be weak. We haven't been moving that arm, so it's going to be tight and stiff. And it's going to be more sensitive because after that injury, the, the body's protective mechanism basically has, has turned itself up usually so that things become more sensitive. The arm is saying, be careful with me because I don't know if there's still maybe a threat here, so be careful. And that's into that pain as we gradually start to do more things should start to decline. Sometimes it takes longer for that pain to resolve simply because those tissues have learned a way of what we call guarding. Guarding is this pattern that happens when our body is used to being quite protective. And on that biological piece that I mentioned before, we can have these structural changes that happen within our nervous system that aren't visible on the outside. So we might, um, a shoulder injury, I've, this is an example I'll use. I've, I've had a number of clients with basically this, this profile where there's a shoulder injury and on imaging, on MRIs, x-rays, all the different tests that you can do, there's quote unquote, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the shoulder. So a lot of people will become frustrated because the amount of pain that they're in, you know, it might be an 11 out of 10. How can that not be due to a problem? There must Mm -hmm. be something wrong. That can be really frustrating for people. There must be some other tests that need to be done really going on there. Then we need to look at what are the fears that this person has? What's their social context? What's their environmental context? 
everything about us matters. I'm experiencing persistent pain and I'm that client that has the shoulder where structurally it seems fine. Where can I go to get help to work through all of this like pain? Like do you do you go to therapy? Like where do where do I go for help? Yeah. That's a great question. I fortunate in that I work in a clinic right now I have where it's a a full multidisciplinary team we have a psychologist a doctor an occupational therapist kinesiologist is I would say in some cases that's the ideal situation not in every case you don't always need all of those things Um, but when it comes to being able to access care for a lot of people, that type of a program isn't very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a lot of money. <laughs> that is a recommend would be looking into a practitioner, whether it's a doctor, a physiotherapist, a occupational therapist, a psychologist, having a starting point of a professional clinician that has an experience with persistent pain mm-hmm. and going from there to work a little bit on on my own offering um, some private physiotherapies so Mm -hmm. if there is anyone who is dealing with persistent pain and you'd like to explore that further go to my website Um, plug it how do we yeah so it's roomtorise.com or you can find me on instagram at at the same room to rise i experienced with persistent pain which was really started to understand then the emotional impacts of pain right. and how it, how it impacts not just, you know, what you're able to physically do, but it also impacts your social well-being and your mm-hmm. financial well-being and your mental health and everything about your life, your perception of your identity. I know it's so hard and it's invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't understand pain. <laughs> yeah. So, Me. Yeah. And I feel and, like I understand it a little bit better now, but like, there's a lot to know. Yeah, definitely yeah. the like psychosocial aspects of it, I think, are very un and unknown for many people. So like bringing awareness to that, and even you saying like the redefinition of what the rewrite. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot. So thanks for sharing your knowledge. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's so great that we were you were able to join us in our second season. Too. Yeah, started with you, back on every year. I feel I feel like you'll have so much to share next time about your RV life in BC. <laughs> yes, I hear more about this. <laughs> I would love to chat about it. Maybe I'll just uh, I'll just join your podcast. Yeah, the, why not? The honorary <laughs> third member. Yes. What's up? Um, I got a shirt for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and don't forget to check uh, Callie out online, Room to Rise website yeah. and Instagram. We'll link that also for you to follow on our Instagram. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks Thank for having you. me on. Thanks so much, Cal. You're the best. Wow. wow. Talking about Callie, honestly, I can't get, I can't stress this enough. Callie is so cool, Alex. She may be one of your coolest friends. Oh, and you cooler say that as me. my friend. Yeah, I was gonna say cooler <laughs> than me. Like, I find her so fascinating and so inspiring in multiple ways. Not only is she a physiotherapist, but she's like a chill, goes with it. Like, I mean, I, I admire people, the adventure behind, you know, getting rid of everything and like, 
going into that lifestyle. So I know next time we have lots to talk about with her in the future, but honestly, thank you, Callie, because I think this conversation is a very important one that is very changing for our world. We kind of talked about it after and I just, I found it so inspiring because like you said, as educators, we have a role in this too, to help facilitate like that healing and supports that people can use within their lives because it's not, pain is not just a biology mm-hmm. kind of painful experience. It's also, you know, your psychology, your sociology aspect of it. And I think that's something that we need to explore and have conversations more about. Like, yeah. it was very, very interesting to me. And as someone that is is friends with Kelly, I mean, I have not heard her talk this in depth about all of this stuff, which is really cool for me. And I agree. It's just like a new way to look at pain that encompasses like the whole person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to to speak to Callie as a person to like definitely check out her room to rise. She has this like really calm mm-hmm. thing about her. She feels very calming. You very much feel validated and cared about. I don't know. I just, I love hearing my friends talk about what they're passionate about. That's what I was like saying to you, Alex. I was like, I could definitely get her empathetic heart for people. Cal is like my longest friend and I'm really happy and proud to call her my friend. Yeah. Just having met her through you, it's just fascinating. Like I was even saying to her, I just want to, I just want to sit with you and continue talking all night about, you know, pain and like maybe even share some of my pain. And so <laughs> Alex was teasing me like, you need to go check out her website. And I think I do Complete follow an it. Intake yeah. form. <laughs> go do an intake form, Amy. But it kind of made me think too of organizations and how there's so much power behind different organizations. Like you said, schools, but even like different medical clinics and things Mm -hmm. like that, like places where we are supposed to help individuals or for the people, even RCMP, like Mm -hmm. maybe if we were looking at pain through a different lens of understanding both all encompassing, like the biology, psychology, sociology, we could come to a better healing process for so many people Mm -hmm. and what that would look like for a structure of an organization, I think is immense. Yeah. And here, I think what it would look like for people would be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like people would actually have success in their healing Mm -hmm. and yeah. Not with this government. (laughs) Yeah. Not well. Yeah. That was, was that too political for y'all? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks, Cal, for being on our show. And up next, we have Jar of Questions. If you have to align yourself with earth, water, fire, or air, which one do you think you would be and why? Oh. So in classic podcast fashion, I think we should guess for each other. Absolutely. Okay. I think it's easier like right now for me to process what you are. Okay. So what do you think I am? I think if I had to justify what you are, yeah. Alex, I'm going to go with earth. Okay. I and I, I think you're earth because, and you might not say this, so I'm interested to see what yeah. your answer is. I have my full answer all in my head, so it will <laughs> not stray me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I think you're earth because you're very grounded. There's a lot of growth. It just, it's the grounding factor. Yeah. Like sink in, habitual with the things you do. Earth has cycles. It's really cyclical. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So earth. Now yeah. I want to know. Okay. What do you think for yourself? So, 
I have two. Is okay. okay? <laughs> because okay, See, it's so, hard. I know it is hard because my whole life I feel like I've connected like emotionally with fire. <laughs> and more so like literal fire. Like, I've been like consumed by it, I think it's like a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I always loved writing about it. So I always think I wanted to be fire. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it has like this this spark, this passion, this energy. And I think a part of that exists in me, but not so much that my whole element is fire. I'm like fire like moon or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm like a piece of fire, but but I am very holy earth. <laughs> you were the earth holding up the fire. Maybe, yeah. Right? You were the like, earth <laughs> fueling the fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I like there's no way I could say that I am fire because I am like glaringly earth. Like grounded stable consistent um also like can be like unmoving right like i can be stubborn all of those things i like that too like the 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 cycles like i'm really in tune with myself and my Mm -hmm. body so yeah glaringly earth okay (laughs) for me you're like glaringly water um because of it's like ever-changing Mm. Um, I feel like water is both, like, very strong, and you have, like, a very, like, strong front, but then you also have, like, a very vulnerable side, but you don't always see that, but water can be, like, soft, providing life, all of that. So, it is both those things, but it also is, like, ever-changing, like, I think of a river. Um, I think maybe that's, like, the indecisiveness coming in there, because it's like, oh. Where am I going? Where am I going? What am I doing? (laughs) I'm here, I'm there, you know, I'm all over the place. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so I, I, I think you're water. See, what do you and, think? See, and that's where I was like kind of stumped because I was like, naturally, I think everyone's going to say water. But then I was like, maybe I'm the fire because I was like, I need to be fueled and like, it's all about energy and I'm very much that person. And so I was actually conflicted between water and fire. Mm-hmm. So, and then when we, you just... It's like everyone wants to be fire. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Because it's like the cool one. Everyone wants to be Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> But the water makes sense I, for your your idea, Alex, because I, this just makes me think back to when we were trying to get the kayaks out of the ocean, mm-hmm. and the, the smallest <laughs> little wave came in. Oh, I God, swear it was so not tiny. big at all. Like, up to your big toe. <laughs> yeah, and I was just, like, not prepared, and I was already on unsteady rocks and a ton of barnacles that it just, like, whipped under me and knocked me down, and I was like, remember I had that massive bruise on my oh, ass? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm water. Usually, yeah. <laughs> I'm water and But like water has earth. energy too. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of energy and movement mm-hmm. with water. Mm-hmm. I also think it's really like complex. Like people mm-hmm. love it, but they're also scared of it. You know? and, but also like, is it salt? Is it fresh? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty to look at. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Water. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Okay. Thanks for the convincing. Yeah. That really helped. <laughs> Not indecisive anymore. Mm, no. Just your stable friend here to convince just, you. Just your earthly it. friend grounding you to, guide, to guiding your understanding that you're water. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, we want to hear what are you and yeah. give us the reason why. It's up to your own interpretation. Yeah. Want to hear it. Might need a friend to help you. Yeah. Yeah, right in. I'm, I'm great at doing this. Yeah. <laughs>